Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Into the spring of 2016, Satter and Cohen continued to discuss a trip to Moscow in connection with the Trump-Moscow project. On April 20, 2016, Satter wrote Cohen, The people, wanted to know when you are coming? On May 4, 2016, Satter followed up, I had a chat with Moscow. Assuming the trip does happen the question is before or after the convention. I said I believe, but don't know for sure, that's it's probably after the convention. Obviously the pre-meeting trip you only can happen anytime you want but the two big guys were sick the question. I said I would confirm and revert. Let me know about if I was right by saying I believe after Cleveland and also when you want to speak to them and possibly fly over. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth but from the enduring power of our ideals democracy liberty opportunity and unyielding hope let me tell you something you already know the world ain't all sunshine and rainbow it's a very mean and nasty place and i don't care how tough you are it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently for nothing you For Stitcher Smart Radio, Potable, and more. Yes, we can. 
Public Access Public America. Access. History in the making. Making history in the making. Cohen responded, my trip before Cleveland. Trump once he becomes the nominee after the convention. The day after this exchange, Satter tied Cohen's travel to Russia to the St. Petersburg International Economic Forum Forum, an annual event attended by prominent Russian politicians and businessmen. Satter told the office that he was informed by a business associate that Peskov wanted to invite Cohen to the forum. On May 5, 2016, Satter wrote to Cohen, Peskov would like to invite you as his guest to the St. Petersburg Forum which is Russia's Davos it's June 16-19. He wants to meet there with you and possibly introduce you to either Putin or Medvedev, as they are not sure if one or both will be there. This is perfect. The entire business class of Russia will be there as well. He said anything you want to discuss including dates and subjects are on the table to discuss. The following day, Satter asked Cohen to confirm those dates would work for him to travel. Cohen wrote back, works for me. On June 9, 2016, Satter sent Cohen a notice that he Satter was completing the badges for the forum, adding, Putin is there on the 17th, very strong chance you will meet him as well. On June 13, 2016, Satter forwarded Cohen an invitation to the forum signed by the director of the Roscongress Foundation, the Russian entity organizing the forum. Satter also sent Cohen a Russian visa application and asked him to send two passport photos. According to Cohen, the invitation gave no indication that Peskov had been involved in inviting him. Cohen was concerned that Russian officials were not actually involved or were not interested in meeting with him as Satter had alleged, and so he decided not to go to the forum. On June 14, 2016, Cohen met Satter in the lobby of the Trump Tower in New York and informed him that he would not be traveling at that time. E. Candidate Trump's opportunities to travel to Russia. The investigation identified evidence that, during the period the Trump-Moscow project was under consideration, the possibility of candidate Trump visiting Russia arose in two contexts. First, in interviews with the office, Cohen stated that he discussed the subject of traveling to Russia with Trump twice, once in late 2015, and again in spring G2016. According to Cohen, Trump indicated a willingness to travel if it would assist the project significantly. On one occasion, Trump told Cohen to speak with then-campaign manager Corey Lewandowski to coordinate the candidate's schedule. Cohen recalled that he spoke with Lewandowski, who suggested that they speak again when Cohen had actual dates to evaluate. Cohen indicated, however, that he knew that travel prior to the Republican National Convention would be impossible given the candidate's pre-existing commitments to the campaign. Second, like Cohen, Trump received and turned down an invitation to the St. Petersburg International Economic Forum. In late December 2015, Mira Duma a contact Ivanka Trump's from the fashion industry first passed along invitations for Ivanka Trump and candidate Trump from Sergei Prikidko, a deputy prime minister of the Russian Federation.
On January 14, 2016, Rona Graf sent an email to Duma stating that Trump was honored to be asked to participate in the highly prestigious forum event, but that he would have to decline the invitation given his very grueling and full travel schedule as a presidential candidate. Graf asked Duma whether she recommended that Graf send a formal note to the deputy prime minister declining his invitation. Duma replied that a formal note would be great. It does not appear that Graf prepared that note immediately. According to written answers from President Trump, Graf received an email from Deputy Prime Minister Prikidko on March 17, 2016, again inviting Trump to participate in the 2016 Forum in St. Petersburg. Two weeks later, on March 31, 2016, Graf prepared for Trump's signature a two-paragraph letter declining the invitation. The letter stated that Trump's schedule has become extremely demanding because of the presidential campaign, that he already had several commitments in the United States for the time of the forum, but that he otherwise would have gladly given every consideration to attending such an important event. Graf forwarded the letter to another executive assistant at the Trump Organization with instructions to print the document on letterhead for Trump to sign. At approximately the same time that the letter was being prepared, Robert Forsman a New York-based investment banker began reaching out to Graf to secure an in-person meeting with candidate Trump. According to Forsman, he had been asked by Anton Kobyakov, a Russian presidential aide involved with the Roscongress Foundation, to see if Trump could speak at the forum. Forsman first emailed Graf on March 31, 2016, following a phone introduction brokered through Trump business associate Mark Burnett who produced the television show The Apprentice. In his email, Forsman referenced his long-standing personal and professional expertise in Russia and Ukraine, his work setting up an early private channel between Vladimir Putin and former U.S. President George W. Bush, and an approach he had received from senior Kremlin officials about the candidate. Forsman asked Graf for a meeting with the candidate, Corey Lewandowski, or another relevant person to discuss this and other concrete things Forsman felt uncomfortable discussing over unsecure email. On April 4, 2016, Graf forwarded Forsman's meeting request to Jessica Macchia, another executive assistant to Trump. With no response forthcoming, Forsman twice sent reminders to Graf first on April 26 and again on April 30, 2016. Graf sent an apology to Forsman and forwarded his April 26 email as well as his initial March 20, 2016 email to Lewandowski. On May 2, 2016, Graf forwarded Forsman's April 30 email which suggested an alternative meeting with Donald Trump Jr. or Eric Trump so that Forsman could convey to them information that should be conveyed to the candidate personally or to someone the candidate absolutely trusts to policy advisor Stephen Miller. No communications or other evidence obtained by the office indicate that the Trump campaign learned that Forsman was reaching out to invite the candidate to the forum or that the campaign otherwise followed up with Forsman until after the election, when he interacted with the transition team as he pursued a possible position in the incoming administration. This free audio is provided by MullerReportAudioBook.com. When interviewed by the office, Forsman denied that the specific approach from senior Kremlin officials noted in his March 31, 2016 email was anything other than Kobyakov's invitation to Roscongress. 
According to Forsman, the concrete things he referenced in the same email were a combination of the invitation itself, Forsman's personal perspectives on the invitation and Russia policy in general, and details of a Ukraine plant supported by a U.S. think tank East-West Institute. Forsman told the office that Kobyakov had extended similar invitations through him to another Republican presidential candidate and one other politician. Forsman also said that Kobyakov had asked Forsman to invite Trump to speak after that other presidential candidate withdrew from the race and the other politician's participation did not work out. Finally, Forsman claimed to have no plans to establish a back-channel involving Trump, stating the reference to his involvement in the Bush-Putin back-channel was meant to burnish his credentials to the campaign. Forsman commented that he had not recognized any of the experts announced as Trump's foreign policy team in March 2016, and wanted to secure an in-person meeting with the candidate to share his professional background and policy views, including that Trump should decline Kobyakov's invitation to speak at the forum. 2. George Papadopoulos George Papadopoulos was a foreign policy advisor to the Trump campaign from March 2016 to early October 2016.394 In late April 2016, Papadopoulos was told by London-based Professor Joseph Mifsud, immediately after Mifsud's return from a trip to Moscow, that the Russian government had obtained dirt on candidate Clinton in the form of thousands of emails. One week later, on May 6, 2016, Papadopoulos suggested to a representative of a foreign government that the Trump campaign had received indications from the Russian government that it could assist the campaign through the anonymous release of information that would be damaging to candidate Clinton. Papadopoulos shared information about Russian dirt with people outside of the campaign, and the office investigated whether he also provided it to a campaign official. Papadopoulos and the campaign officials with whom he interacted told the office that they did not recall that Papadopoulos passed them the information. Throughout the relevant period of time and for several months thereafter, Papadopoulos worked with Mifsud and two Russian nationals to arrange a meeting between the campaign and the Russian government. That meeting never came to pass. A. Origins of Campaign Work in March 2016, Papadopoulos became a foreign policy advisor to the Trump campaign. 395 As early as the summer of 2015, he had sought a role as a policy advisor to the campaign but, in a September 30, 2015 email, he was told that the campaign was not hiring policy advisors. 396 Lane Late 2015, Papadopoulos obtained a paid position on the campaign of Republican presidential candidate Ben Carson. Although Carson remained in the presidential race until early March 2016, Papadopoulos had stopped actively working for his campaign by early February 2016. At that time, Papadopoulos reached out to a contact at the London Centre of International Law Practice LCILP, which billed itself as a unique institution, comprising high-level professional international law practitioners, dedicated to the advancement of global legal knowledge and the practice of international law. Papadopoulos said that he had finished his role with the Carson campaign and asked if LCILP was hiring. In early February, Papadopoulos agreed to join LCILP and arrived in London to begin work. As he was taking his position at LCILP, Papadopoulos contacted Trump campaign manager Corey Lewandowski via LinkedIn and emailed campaign official Michael Glasner about his interest in joining the Trump campaign. On March 2, 2016, Papadopoulos sent Glasner another message reiterating his interest. 
Glasner passed along word of Papadopoulos's interest to another campaign official, Joy Lutz, who notified Papadopoulos by email that she had been told by Glasner to introduce Papadopoulos to Sam Clovis, the Trump campaign's national co-chair and chief policy advisor. At the time of Papadopoulos's March 2 email, the media was criticizing the Trump campaign for lack of experienced foreign policy or national security advisors within its ranks. To address that issue, senior campaign officials asked Clovis to put a foreign policy team together on short notice. After receiving Papadopoulos's name from Lutz, Clovis performed a Google search on Papadopoulos, learned that he had worked at the Hudson Institute, and believed that he had credibility on energy issues. On March 3, 2016, Clovis arranged to speak with Papadopoulos by phone to discuss Papadopoulos joining the campaign as a foreign policy advisor, and on March 6, 2016, the two spoke. Papadopoulos recalled that Russia was mentioned as a topic, and he understood from the conversation that Russia would be an important aspect of the campaign's foreign policy. At the end of the conversation, Clovis offered Papadopoulos a role as a foreign policy advisor to the campaign, and Papadopoulos accepted the offer. B. Initial Russia-related contacts. Approximately a week after signing on as a foreign policy advisor, Papadopoulos traveled to Rome, Italy, as part of his duties with LCILP. The purpose of the trip was to meet officials affiliated with Link Campus University, a for-profit institution headed by a former Italian government official. During the visit, Papadopoulos was introduced to Joseph Mifsud. Mifsud is a Maltese national who worked as a professor at the London Academy of Diplomacy in London, England. Although Mifsud worked out of London and was also affiliated with LCILP, the encounter in Rome was the first time that Papadopoulos met him. Mifsud maintained various Russian contacts while living in London, as described further below. Among his contacts was Redacted, a one-time employee of the IRA, the entity that carried out the Russian social media campaign see Volume 1 Section 2. In January and February 2016, Mifsud and Redacted discussed possibly meeting in Russia. The investigation did not identify evidence of H meeting. Later, in the spring of 2016, was also in contact that was linked to an employee of the Russian Ministry of Defense, and that account had overlapping contacts with a group of Russian military-controlled Facebook accounts that included accounts used to promote the DC leaks releases in the course of the GRU's hack and release operations see Volume 1, Section 3, B.1. According to Papadopoulos, Mifsud at first seemed uninterested in Papadopoulos when they met in Rome. After Papadopoulos informed Mifsud about his role in the Trump campaign, however, Mifsud appeared to take greater interest in Papadopoulos. The two discussed Mifsud's European and Russian contacts and had a general discussion about Russia. Mifsud also offered to introduce Papadopoulos to European leaders and others with contacts to the Russian government. Papadopoulos told the office that Mifsud's claim of substantial connections with Russian government officials interested Papadopoulos, who thought that such connection s could increase his importance as a policy advisor to the Trump campaign. On March 17, 2016, Papadopoulos returned to London. Four days later, candidate Trump publicly named him as a member of the Foreign Policy and National Security Advisory Team chaired by Senator Jeff Sessions, describing Papadopoulos as an oil and energy consultant and an excellent guy. On March 24, 2016, Papadopoulos met with Mifsud in London. 
Mifsud was accompanied by a Russian female named Olga Polonskaya. Mifsud introduced Polonskaya as a former student of his who had connections to Vladimir Putin. Papadopoulos understood at the time that Polonskaya may have been Putin's niece but later learned that this was not true. During the meeting, Polonskaya offered to help Papadopoulos establish contacts in Russia and stated that the Russian ambassador in London was a friend of hers. Based on this interaction, Papadopoulos expected Mifsud and Polonskaya to introduce him to the Russian ambassador in London, but that did not occur. Following his meeting with Mifsud, Papadopoulos sent an email to members of the Trump campaign's foreign policy advisory team. The subject line of the message was meeting with Russian leadership including Putin. The message stated in pertinent part, I just finished a very productive lunch with a good friend of mine, Joseph Mifsud, the director of the London Academy of Diplomacy who introduced me to both Putin's niece and the Russian ambassador in London who also acts as the deputy foreign minister. The topic of the lunch was to arrange a meeting between us and the Russian leadership to discuss US-Russia ties under President Trump. They are keen to host us in a neutral city, or directly in Moscow. They said the leadership, including Putin, is ready to meet with us and Mr. Trump should there be interest. Waiting for everyone's thoughts on moving forward with this very important issue. Papadopoulos's message came at a time when Clovis perceived a shift in the campaign's approach toward Russia from one of engaging with Russia through H the NATO framework and talking a strong stance on Russian aggression in Ukraine Clovis's response to Papadopoulos, however, did not reflect that shift. Replying to Papadopoulos and the other members of the foreign policy advisory team copied on the initial email, Clovis wrote, this is most informative. Let me work it through the campaign. No commitments until we see how this plays out. My thought is that we probably should not go forward with any meetings with the Russians until we have had occasion to sit with our NATO allies, especially France, Germany and Great Britain. We need to reassure our allies that we are not going to advance anything with Russia until we have everyone on the same page. More thoughts later today. Great work. Point four three one c March 31st Foreign Policy Team Meeting The campaign held a meeting of the Foreign Policy Advisory Team with Senator Sessions and candidate Trump approximately one week later, on March 31, 2016, in Washington, D.C. 432 The meeting which was intended to generate press coverage for the campaign 433 took place at the Trump International Hotel. 434 Papadopoulos flew to Washington for the event. At the meeting, Senator Sessions sat at one end of an oval table, while Trump sat at the other. As reflected in the photograph below which was posted to Trump's Instagram account, Papadopoulos sat between the two, two seats to Sessions's left. During the meeting, each of the newly announced foreign policy advisors introduced themselves and briefly described their areas of experience or expertise. Papadopoulos spoke about his previous work in the energy sector and then brought up a potential meeting with Russian officials. Specifically, Papadopoulos told the group that he had learned through his contacts in London that Putin wanted to meet with candidate Trump and that these connections could help arrange that meeting. Trump and Sessions both reacted to Papadopoulos's statement. Papadopoulos and campaign advisor J.D. Gordon who told investigators in an interview that he had a crystal clear recollection of the meeting have stated that Trump was interested in and receptive to the idea of a meeting with Putin. Papadopoulos understood Sessions to be similarly supportive of his efforts to arrange a meeting. 
Gordon and two other attendees, however, recall that Sessions generally opposed the proposal, though they differ in their accounts of the concerns he voiced or the strength of the opposition he expressed. D. George Papadopoulos learns that Russia has dirt in the form of Clinton emails. Whatever Sessions' precise words at the March 31st meeting, Papadopoulos did not understand Sessions or anyone else in the Trump campaign to have directed that he refrain from making further efforts to arrange a meeting between the campaign and the Russian government. To the contrary, Papadopoulos told the office that he understood the campaign to be supportive of his efforts to arrange such a meeting. Accordingly, when he returned to London, Papadopoulos resumed those efforts. Throughout April 2016, Papadopoulos continued to correspond with, meet with, and seek Russia contacts through Mifsud and, at times, Polonskaya. For example, within a week of her initial March 24 meeting with him, Polonskaya attempted to send Papadopoulos a text message which email exchanges show to have been drafted or edited by Mifsud, addressing Papadopoulos's wish to engage with the Russian Federation. When Papadopoulos learned from Mifsud that Polonskaya had tried to message him, he sent her an email seeking another meeting. Polonskaya responded the next day that she was back in St. Petersburg but would be very pleased to support Papadopoulos's initiatives between our two countries and to meet him again. Papadopoulos stated in reply that he thought a good step would be to introduce him to the Russian ambassador in London, and that he would like to talk to the ambassador, or anyone else you recommend, about a potential foreign policy trip to Russia. Mifsud, who had been copied on the email exchanges, replied on the morning of April 11, 2016. He wrote, This has already been agreed. I am flying to Moscow on the 18th for a Valdai meeting, plus other meetings at the Duma. We will talk tomorrow. The two bot IEs referenced by Mifsud are part of or associated with the Russian government, the Duma is a Russian legislative assembly, while Valdai refers to the Valdai Discussion Club, a Moscow-based group that is close to Russia's foreign policy establishment. Papadopoulos thanked Mifsud and said that he would see him tomorrow. For her part, Polonskaya responded that she had already alerted my personal links to our conversation and your request, that we are all very excited the possibility of a good relationship with Mr. Trump, and that the Russian Federation would love to welcome him once his candidature would be officially announced. Papadopoulos's and Mifsud's mentions of seeing each other tomorrow referenced a meeting that the two had scheduled for the next morning, April 12, 2016, at the Andaz Hotel in London. Papadopoulos acknowledged the meeting during interviews with the office, and records from Papadopoulos's UK cell phone and his internet search history all indicate that the meeting took place. This free audio is provided by MullerReportAudioBook.com. Following the meeting, Mifsud traveled as planned to Moscow. On April 18, 2016, while in Russia, Mifsud introduced Papadopoulos over email to Ivan Timofeyev, a member of the Russian International Affairs Council REAC. Mifsud had described Timofeyev as having connections with the Russian Ministry of Foreign Affairs MFA, the executive entity in Russia responsible for Russian foreign relations. Over the next several weeks, Papadopoulos and Timofeyev had multiple conversations over Skype and email about setting the groundwork for a potential meeting between the campaign and Russian government officials. Papadopoulos told the office that, on one Skype call, he believed that his conversation with Timofeyev was being monitored or supervised by an unknown third party, because Timofeyev spoke in an official manner and Papadopoulos heard odd noises on the line. 
Timofeyev also told Papadopoulos in an April 25, 2016 email that he had just spoken to Igor Ivanov, the president of RIAC and former foreign minister of Russia, and conveyed Ivanov's advice about how best to arrange a Moscow visit. After a stop in Rome, Mifsud returned to England on April 25, 2016.462 The next day, Papadopoulos met Mifsud for breakfast at the Andaz Hotel the same location as their last meeting. During that meeting, Mifsud told Papadopoulos that he had met with high-level Russian government officials during his recent trip to Moscow. Mifsud also said that, on the trip, he learned that the Russians had obtained dirt on candidate Hillary Clinton. As Papadopoulos later stated to the FBI, Mifsud said that the dirt was in the form of emails of Clinton, and that they have thousands of emails. 464 On May 6, 2016, ten days after that meeting with Mifsud, Papadopoulos suggested to a representative of a foreign government that the Trump campaign had received indications from the Russian government that it could assist the campaign through the anonymous release of information that would be damaging to Hillary Clinton. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. Feel. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people. And each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people and another 10. We did not know each other. And we could not speak to each other because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who is taking donations from the NRA. It is because America has not invested in its people. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if we could have figured out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, it didn't happen. Here we are. You're wrong. Are you better off than you were four years ago? Fellow Americans, it's time, it's time to, to speak out. out. They're looking for help. They're looking for help. They're not looking for more of the same. When people lose their jobs, there's a good chance I'll know them by their names. When a factory closes, I know the people who ran it. When the businesses go bankrupt, I know them. We call We will respond with that timeless creed that sums up the spirit of a people. Yes, yes we, we can. can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And when we get enough money, honey, we'll bring me down. But their children were saved. And their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public, to public Access, Access America. America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, 
or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.